Hello there and welcome to Following the Truth. I'm Gary Zimak. Today is Wednesday, May the 19th. Glad to be with you once again on the show. We're going to continue our discussion about a number of things, primarily this idea of preparing for the Holy Spirit. Of course, this upcoming Sunday, it's Pentecost Sunday, the day when the Holy Spirit first descended upon the church. And all week we've been trying to focus on the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, the Holy Spirit is the person, the person of the Trinity, who, even though he takes a sort of a background role, the Holy Spirit is totally in the background. The Holy Spirit's job, one of the Holy Spirit's job, is to transform us into the image of Christ. And and even before that, to make Jesus and the Father more real to us. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And, and once they become real, then that transformation process begins. You know, I guess you can, you can look at it that, that they're done simultaneously as I follow Jesus. And in order, order to follow Jesus, he has to become real to me. Um, as I do that, then I gradually, through the working of the Holy Spirit, am able to be transformed into him. Now, I'm not saying that's the not, that's the only job of the Holy Spirit. It's not. The Holy Spirit has many different jobs. The Holy Spirit reminds us when we may be doing something wrong. The Holy Spirit lets us know that there's some sin in our life that has to get resolved. The Holy Spirit makes it easier to love other people. And, you know, all of the different fruits of the Holy Spirit, they are produced when we let the Holy Spirit work in our lives. So it's very important that we focus, I think, at least this week, on the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit can work, how the Holy Spirit can help us to become more like Christ. Um, So I hope you'll be able to stick around with me for the entire program. The Holy Spirit's in charge of this program, so I have an idea what I want to say, but I'm not 100% sure where the Holy Spirit's going to lead me. But again, I'm talking about Him, so... I'm going to let him make the decision. Hey, uh, I hope I hope you're doing well. It's very warm here in southern New Jersey. I think the temperature's in the mid-80s. I'm not sure exactly what, but I'm okay with it. I, I was able earlier, we have a, a little pond or lake or whatever you want to call it in our development, and I was able to walk down there earlier today and sit and, and prepare. I have a talk coming up. My first traveling talk is coming up. This Saturday, I'm heading to Whitewater, Wisconsin, St. Patrick's Parish, and I will be speaking about the Holy Spirit. So I spent a little time fine-tuning my talk this morning or this afternoon, just asking the Holy Spirit what I should say. And it's still, when when I give these talks, when I go out and speak, I really, I I don't, I have an idea. I usually have an outline that I use, but I have on many occasions grabbed a pad of paper in the hotel and the night before a talk worked on it or changed it or, you know, because I, I do a lot of praying, especially when I travel. It's a sort of a good retreat time for me. And, and I'm constantly asking the Holy Spirit to give me ideas. I don't want to go in with a pre-written talk that is just written in stone. I mean, I like to have ideas, I like to have an outline, as I said, but I always believe in, in, in leaving room for the Spirit, and that's the way the talks always turn out best when I do that. So I had a chance to do that today. I sat under a nice shady tree, and uh, the hardest part was to walk down, but 
because it was really hot. But I had my baseball cap on to protect my head, uh, so I was feeling good. I had a had a really good day. I hope you did as well. So enough of my talking. Let's turn to our Father in heaven. Let's pray a little bit, and then we'll get uh, we'll get for, we'll get on with the program. If you will join me, let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for once again being here for us. Thank you, Father, for loving us so much that you created us to be in a relationship with you. Father, I ask that you provide for all of our needs today. Help us to remain focused on you. Help us to remain confident that we are in good hands. Help us to understand just how powerful you are. Help us to recognize your presence in everything that happens to us. Father, we thank you for all the blessings that you've given us so far today. The fact that we're alive is a huge blessing and also a reminder of just how much you provide for our needs. Going forward, we expect you to do the same thing, Father, and we ask that you give us all that we need, both spiritually and materially, to remain closer to you, to, to, to grow closer to your Son, Jesus, and to one day be able to live with you forever in heaven. Father, we thank you in advance for all of these things that you provide to us. Even if they may seem unpleasant, we recognize that many times that's what we need in our lives. Father, we pray for those who are struggling today, those who are falling into despair, those who are hopeless, those who don't know you, those who may be turned away from you, those who are struggling with loneliness. We pray also for those who are battling an addiction of any kind. Father, I ask that you pour out your Holy Spirit on me today, and please give me the words for this radio program. Please guide my thoughts and my words over the next 30 minutes so that I'm able to deliver the message that you have for us. And lastly, Father, I ask that you open up all of our minds and all of our hearts so that we would be receptive to your message. And Father, I ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you. As I say every day, thank you for praying with me. My name is Gary Zimak. You are listening to Following the Truth. And we come to you every day, Monday through Friday, I should say more accurately, Monday through Friday, for 30 minutes each day. This show is all about giving you hope, drawing you closer to Jesus, talking about all things relating to the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And uh, you know, and it's always just a blessing to be able to, to hang out with you. It really is, because I, I, I feel your presence when I do this program. I, I see you sitting across the table from me. I do this show at a table. I literally am sitting at a table right now, and there's a chair facing me, and I see you there. You know, not necessarily with my eyes, but I know you're there. And I'm so grateful 
for your presence here. Uh, hey, if you want to find out about more about my work, please visit my website, followingthetruth.com. And uh, by the way, since Sunday is Pentecost, I want to remind you that my previous book, it came out late last year, is all about the fruits of the Holy Spirit and how you can be transformed by those fruits. The book is called Let Go of Anger and Stress, Be Transformed by the Fruits of the Spirit. And you can find out more information about the book or pick up a copy for yourself by going to followingthetruth.com. Now, you can get the book anywhere, all major online booksellers, but it's often easiest to just go to followingthetruth.com. And while you're there, check out all of my books, including my latest, Give Up Worry for Good. Okay, um, so let's let's chat a little bit. Let's look at the mass readings for today, which um, as we, as our church, as our church, you're not our church, you're as the the Easter season draws to a close, we are going to continue for the next few days looking at the reading, the first reading anyway, from the Acts of the Apostles. Throughout the uh, the five or the um, 50 days of the Easter season, we have been focused at Mass every day on the Acts of the Apostles, at least in the, in the first reading. It's a great story, and it shows us the power of what the Holy Spirit can do because we see the Holy Spirit operating in a very, a really difficult set of circumstances. Christians were being persecuted for their beliefs. It was not an easy time. And we see the Holy Spirit really being able to do tremendous works because people were open to the working of the Spirit. And it's a reminder for all of us that we can do great things if we too let the Holy Spirit work through us. So we're going to continue these readings for the next next few days, and then we move into ordinary time, and things get changed up a little bit. But for right now, let's uh, take a look at this. It's Acts chapter 20, verses 28 through 38. At Miletus, Paul spoke to the presbyters of the church of Ephesus. Keep watch over yourselves and over the whole flock of which the Holy Spirit has appointed you overseers, in which you tend the church of God that he acquired with his own blood. So Paul is speaking to the presbyters at the church of Ephesus. The presbyters, it's another word word for priests. So we see early on in the early church, you know, we look at the church nowadays and it's it, it's all over the world and they're it's hard for us to imagine what the early church looked like as it began to spread from one town to the next. So initially, you had the hierarchy of the church consisted of the apostles, and they were our our bishops, our first bishops, and they in turn appointed presbyters or priests, not to be confused with the Hebrew priests. These are the priests of the church who operated under the authority of the apostles or the bishops. So Paul is addressing the presbyters or the leaders of the church at Ephesus. And the reminder here, when he's saying, keep watch over yourselves and the whole flock of which the Holy Spirit has appointed you overseers, that the Holy Spirit was involved in their ordination Their authority comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is working 
to build up the church. But again, you see it in its very early stages in the Acts of the Apostles. And I know that Paul says, after my departure, savage wolves will come among you. So what what he's doing here is he's very realistically pointing out to the church leaders that they're going to be people who will be after the sheep. The wolves will be looking to devour the sheep. They will come upon you and they will not spare the flock. And from your own group, Paul says, men will come forward perverting the truth to draw the disciples away after them. So be vigilant. And remember that for three years, night and day, I increase, I unceasingly admonished each of you with tears. Now, you know, Paul was always willing to speak the truth, even when it was unpopular. And Paul is telling the leaders, be careful, because there's going to be people coming to present a different message, a watered-down message, Uh, an incorrect, a false gospel. And these teachers are going to claim to teach in the name of the Lord, but they're going to be after the flock. They're going to be after the sheep. That's what Paul is warning the church leaders at Ephesus. Because, you know, it's, it's very easy it's very easy to lapse into that mindset of taking the path of least resistance. Now, I'm going to tell you, I believe there's a time to do that, but never to compromise the truth. There is a time when I think that, and and this is really, this is going to be dependent on the Holy Spirit to lead you. There is a time when you might have to hold back when you don't have to reveal everything initially. And if you're just drawing someone to the faith, if they're just in, in, in their infancy when it comes to faith, you don't need to hit them with everything at once. But you want to be careful that you don't compromise or lie about the truth in order to make it more appealing to them. You know, Because then you're presenting a false gospel. So you got to be careful with that. Sometimes, yes, withhold... Um, pray that you can say things in a less threatening manner. But I would never say to tell anybody something that's not true. And that's what Paul is warning the leaders of the church about. Because he recognizes that this is a very real threat. And we really see it today, even in our day and age. So Paul said, I commend you to God and to that gracious word of his that can build you up and give you the inheritance among all who are consecrated. I have never wanted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You know well that these very hands have served my needs and my companions. In every way, I have shown you that by hard work of that sort, we must help the weak and keep in mind the words of the Lord Jesus, who himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And what Paul is saying, um, be, because Paul is about to leave the church of Ephesus, he's about to leave Ephesus, move on, and he is pretty much saying, look, I never came looking for your money or your gold or clothing. I never came that. I came to share the goods, the good news with you. 
And and again, when we look at when we look at these potential wolves that are coming, people who are going to claim to be sharing the gospel of Jesus and who may have some sort of a, a ulterior motive, or they might be looking to to capitalize or cash in on the gospel. Paul's warning the people there, the leaders, be careful, because you're going to find that anywhere. You know, you look at a guy like Judas. He was one of the original 12, one of the original apostles, who was money hungry. He sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He betrayed him. That's going to happen. We all need to be aware of that. There will be people who will sadly take advantage of those who trust them and they come in the name of Jesus, but in reality, all they're doing is looking to make a quick buck. It, it happens. It happens no matter what field you're in. It's going to happen. All right, so then when Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down and prayed with them all. They were all weeping loudly as they threw their arms around Paul and kissed him, for they were deeply distressed that he had said that they would never see his face again. Then they escorted him to the ship. You know, one of the things that, that I find sad, and I haven't done it in a while because of COVID, is when I would travel around and speak at different churches, speak at conferences. I'd meet some really great people around the country, and I would recognize that this is probably the last time, as I was saying goodbye to them, I'd realize this very well could be the last time I see them this side of heaven. And that's, for me, that's always sad. Because you meet some really great people along the way. And while that's a blessing, while I consider it a great blessing, I'm going to meet people in Wisconsin. I'm going to a church that I've never been to before. That's going to happen this uh, this weekend. While it's, while it's a great blessing, there's also a, it's a double-edged sword because it's sad to know that you might not see this person because you make some really good friends along the way. And that's that's what Paul is saying here. But you know, he's he's leaving and leaving the people with a good, powerful message and one that they need to hear. He's leaving especially the, the presbyters, the priests, with the message, be careful. Because there are going to be people here who are going to come after me, who are going to be looking to exploit the members of your church. And I think that's a lesson for all of us. It really is a lesson for all of us. Don't compromise the truth. You know, we're called to draw souls close to Christ. But we want to be careful that we don't change the gospel or his teachings in order to suit what the people want to hear. It's really tempting to do that. And I think the best way to be careful of not doing that is to stay in constant touch with the Holy Spirit. And look, we um we often view the Holy Spirit in a sort of wishy-washy way, don't we? Like a, he's kind of a vague and fluffy, mysterious force, if you will. I mean, is he a dove? Is he fire? What the heck is the Holy Spirit? Is he a person? And, and we look at the Spirit in a, a sort of a as a as a vague force. We're not really sure what the Spirit does except give us some general kind of advice. 
I mean, I'm, and again, I'm not saying that's the right way to look at the Holy Spirit, but that I'm, I'm saying that's the way we we do. And many, many people, I have I have traveled around and talked to many people who have told me, I, I don't really understand the Holy Spirit. I don't have a relationship or a good relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, for many years I didn't either. And it's understandable because the way the Holy Spirit operates is typically... In the background, the Holy Spirit operates under the covers, behind the scenes, in a way that doesn't call attention to himself. And the reason that that's done is the Holy Spirit mainly wants to call attention to Jesus and then to the Father. But we need the Spirit to call to mind, to help us call to mind all that Jesus said and did. So the Holy Spirit is important. And if you are in any position, and we're all in some position to evangelize, to share the gospel message with those around us, you know, you don't have to do it on a radio program like this, but you are, we are all called to share the good news in some way. Um, We need to stay in touch with the Holy Spirit so that we know what it is that we're supposed to say. It's very easy to slip up, to maybe take the easy way out, and to just share a watered-down version of the message. So that's why it's important to stay in contact with the Spirit. You know, that reminds me, a few weeks ago, I was talking to my spiritual director. I may have shared some of this story with you on the air. I'm not sure if I did. I don't think I did. But I I was asking him, I said, Father, how do I know? I've got... A lot of extended family members that need to hear the gospel. And they, they need to really believe the gospel. They are people who have heard the message before. They're no strangers to church. At least they weren't. And how do I get them to really believe in Jesus? So much so that they want to surrender their lives to him. How do I, how do I make that happen? And I was quickly reminded, and I, and I sort of knew this, but it's sometimes easy to forget about. I was quickly reminded by my spiritual director that I can only do so much when it comes to sharing the gospel. I can plant the seeds. I can speak the truth. I can talk about what Jesus has done in my life. But if somebody's heart isn't open to receiving the word that I'm presenting, it's not going to do any good. And and I think that even though it's frustrating to put it into practice and to recognize this and to deal with this, I think it's comforting to know that because it takes the pressure off. Like, okay, I can only do so much. It doesn't give me permission to not do anything. I, I still have to try my best with the help of the Spirit, but the Spirit, that same Spirit who empowers me, is the spirit who's going to be opening the heart of that person. And I was trying to, to ask him for a, um, an approach, a, a set of rules. This is what I do when this happens. And, you know, like specifics. How do I do that? How do I handle this or that case? And he said, Gary, there's no, there's no rule book for this other than to follow the prompting of the spirit, which if, if you've noticed the, the mass readings, in the past couple of days, that's exactly what Paul was doing. 
Paul was following the Spirit very closely, and the Spirit was leading him to go to one place, to leave another place. And the only way that can happen, the only way we can we can see evidence of that in our lives, is by spending time. Spending time in prayer with the Spirit and ask for that guidance, and then see what happens. You know, we get a lot of thoughts throughout the day, and sometimes... In my own case, I wonder, is this coming from God or is this is this coming from me? It's a reasonable question because primarily when God speaks to us, he doesn't use his voice, he uses our voice. So we hear, in the silence of our mind, we hear God speak to us through thoughts. But how do I know it's really him? How do I know it's him, not myself? How do I know it's not the devil? And, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in and helps us. Until you spend time with the Holy Spirit, you're never going to fully, and, and you can't be 100% sure that it's, it's coming from God, but you can be relatively certain. Until you spend time with the Holy Spirit and get used to the way He speaks, you're never going to understand this. But the one thing that I have always believed, and I still believe it to be true, is if I hear a voice in my head, if I get an idea, either do something, don't do something, write a certain article, don't write the article, write it about this, write it about that, you know, whatever the idea is, call somebody, this person. There's a 50-50 shot, and I'm going to take the all of the probability out of this. I'm just going to say a 50-50 shot. It's either from me, and you know, like the weighted average and all that stuff. That I'm going to throw that out the window. I'm just going to say it's either coming from me, that thought, or it's coming from somewhere else, right? Reasonable. So if, and again, I'm not getting into, I'm not assigning probability to this. I'm just saying if if I get a thought in my mind, it's either from me or it's from someone else. And that could be God or the devil, right? But if I ask the Holy Spirit to inspire me, in other words, Holy Spirit, let me know if I should speak at this church. And, you know, I'm using my own life as an example. Let me know if I should call this person. Let me know if I should take this job. Let me know if I should give more money to my parish. Holy Spirit, please help me to know that. If I'm asking the Holy Spirit to help, okay, and then I get an idea, and the idea says you should give more money to the church, you should take this job, you should marry this person, then I would say that the odds of it really being the Holy Spirit increase to greater than 50%. Remember, initially, it's either my voice, the idea either comes from me, comes from somebody else. If I ask the Holy Spirit to intervene and I get an idea, I would think, logically, that there's a greater than 50% shot that it is coming from the Holy Spirit. So just take that, run with it, you know, keep asking the Holy Spirit to assist you as you try to share the gospel with others. And, and I think the more you do it, the more sense it will make. All right, I'm looking. I am completely out of time. Thanks so much for being with me today. I look forward, God willing, to being with you again tomorrow on Following the Truth. Have yourself a fantastic night. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.